Oh, hello. It's me, Graham Norton here. Thank you very much for listening to my Virgin Radio podcast with Waitrose. I hope you're ready for a packed show this week. Numa de Mesbany joined me live in the studio to talk about A Doll's House Part 2. Angela Scanlon has a brand new book, Joyrider, and gives us nuggets of wisdom. Mark Gatiss tells us about his appearance in the new film, The Road Dance. Show chef Martha is going crazy with honey. And the dust has been dusted off as it's the return of the Waitrose Wheel. Uh-huh. That's all to squeeze in. But first, let's catch up with Maria and solve some more of your Graham's Guide dilemmas. Good morning, Graham Norton. Now, How please, are you? I'm all right. Are you still in your undisclosed location of Exeter? I am still. I'm actually in Newton Abbott today on location. And I do apologise because I'm in a tent, which they put me in because it would be very quiet. But the lambs and sheep behind me don't seem to understand the, the meaning of the word quiet. So Ooh. there's quite a lot of... Bleh, so what, Can you hear it? Are, are you remaking Heidi? Uh, what, <laughs> is that your project? <laughs> you do you do suit pigtails, so perhaps, perhaps, yes. Heidi I grows think I'm up. A little, <laughs> Heidi I'm a really little grows up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm a little old for pigtails. It's a little bit baby Jane, I think, if I have pigtails at this stage. I have to tell you, though, Graham, I have been up the Dartmoor, I think they call it that, up Dartmoor, and I have clambered the tours, the hay tour, which is quite the climb. Okay, whatever this job is sounds awful. <laughs> no, this was on my day off. Oh my, oh, really? Okay. Yes. Were, you yes. ho- were you hoping to b- break a leg so you could go home? <laughs> I was ho- t- hoping to meet my husband up the tours, <laughs> well, up the hay tour. He could rescue you, of course, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mountain rescue on the Dartmoor. I missed a trick there. I should have done that. Um, Graham, you sent a, me- a tw- tweet message, a tweet to Sam Ryder, he of the Eurovision fame, wishing him luck. Now, I want to know what that was for. I did not understand. Oh, in, in getting to number one in the charts. <gasps> oh, is he nearly at number one? Well, in that he's at number two. <laughs> <laughs> I see how that works. Uh, no, now. but there's no again. It's a bit like it's a bit like Eurovision itself. Uh, no shame in being number two because Harry Styles, global superstar, is number one. So you know th- uh, that's. A, but still, to get to number two, no small achievement. It's the highest position for a Eurovision song since Gina G in 1990. Was that? You've got all the facts at your seven, fingertips. Yeah. Graham. Oh, I tell you. Uh, I mean. Yeah. This is quite the a quite a, everybody surely at Eurovision last week must have just been. Is there a formula now that we know going forward, Graham? Because you are the man to ask. I would say send a very talented, charismatic man with a good song. I mean, it's a simple. It is as simple as that. It's just it's not simple to find those people. Uh, you know, Sam. I think Sam will have a really good career because he is. He's got such a great mental attitude. It's like you want to bottle him. Uh, just terrific. And, you know, and he really performed the hell out of that song. And and I thought, actually, you know, for once the BBC pulled their finger out. The staging was really good. It was, you know, and we were in a great position. Song 22 yes. was a good... It All the stars aligned. And that's all, that's all it takes is for some stars to align. But I, and how did... Yeah. How did you feel after your weekend of craziness there? And doing two radio shows. I mean, you are a Duracell bunny. Uh, How did you feel when you got home? Very tired? I felt the bunny needed some more Duracell in the bunny. The bunny was a little tired when he got back to London City. (laughs) But uh, nobody, perky again by Monday, of course. Um, I must tell you a terrible thing I did last night. 
Oh, what did you do? Tell me, tell me. Oh, I'm this, long for So this is terrible. Well, actually, no. It starts with a good thing. It starts with a good thing. I went to see And Juliet, the musical. And I yes. was loving it, watching it. Anyway, this and you know, because I've seen lots of shows over the years, I recognise people in the cast. But, you know, you don't know what you've seen them in before, but you recognise them. But there was one particular cast member, and I think, who the hell is she? I really recognise her. And then I was watching and I think, no, no, you're more than you're more than just a familiar face. I feel like I've worked with you or something. But you're my th- best friend. But I'm thinking, <laughs> but where would I? And I was thinking, charity concert, didn't know. Da, da, da. Anyway, uh, during the interval, a nice lady came out and said, oh, the cast, now you're here. Would you like to come back and meet them afterwards? So yes, you say yes because yes. If you say no. You appear to be a very, very grumpy person. So uh, I go back and I'm saying hello to people, and then this particular actor is there, and I go oh, hello. She goes hello, and I say, "How do I know you?" And her face. <gasps> oh, oh Graham, Graham. She, she was like, "Well, I've sung on your show, and w- worse than that, she's been on the radio show." to promote that musical. <laughs> she came on the radio show. It's Keanu Settle uh, from The Greatest Showman. She'd been in the studio to tell me she was going to play the nurse in Aunt Juliet. And I yes. still, I still didn't know who she was. Oh, I think now you need a nurse, don't you, to accompany <laughs> you to all social events. I felt A bit like the so... Royals, where they have somebody yes. who just whispers in their ear moments before, she's been on your radio show and your television show, Mom. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yes, you're an enormous fan. Uh, <laughs> off you go. How did you make good? I need to know how you made good. Because it's never the situation, it's how you deal with the situation. Well, I was quite honest. I just went, oh, of course. And I just went, I'm so sorry. Because I was looking at you thinking, she is more than famous. I know I know that woman. Da, da, da. And actually, she was very... Uh, very nice about it and yes you won't be getting a Christmas card from her I can tell you that I sense that yes I yeah I I I thought I might send her some flowers do do you think I need to apologize I do kind of need to apologize for that don't I I do think that flowers would be a good thing because you know it only takes one bad story if you say well yeah I've been on Graham Norton show 14 times and he doesn't recognize (laughs) me so I think flowers would be a nice gesture And while while you're at it, you could send me some flowers as well. Because, frankly, you're always forgetting who I am. And then you could feed them to the sheep. That would be nice. Uh, listen, you go uh, rustle up your letters in your tent and uh, we'll have a, a new, new and improved outdoor version of Graham's Guide. Virgin Radio. Graham's Guide. Hey, Graham and Rhea. I've lived with two friends for the past year and two months ago they decided to adopt a cat together. I was invited to join in on the adoption, which I turned down, but said I wouldn't stop them but just didn't want to be involved with the cat at all. Within the first week of having the cat, both my housemates were away and forgot to organise care for the cat. They apologised, asked if I could feed her and that this wouldn't happen again. It did which resulted in a very sleep-deprived and panicked night for me after I got back from a 20-hour travelling trip and had to stay up until 4am trying to stop the cat from screeching. It all came to a head when I asked my housemates if they could buy some anti-scratch covers for the door as the cat was keeping me awake. One of them turned to me and said, Everything in this house revolves around you. Naming a time, I asked what we could all do to be quiet between 11pm and 7am, which they both agreed was reasonable at the time. She just said that she felt like she was treading on eggshells around me and explained that I'm just a really angry person. An example was that I seem angry with them in the morning because if I message I don't use emojis. I went away from this questioning my entire personality as I've never raised my voice or said anything that I've regretted to either of them.
I'm really struggling to be in the same room with them without getting upset and feeling like I'm a villain, but also fear that I can't talk to them without making them feel more scared or telling them it's all in their heads. I don't know what to do. I could, I could, uh, other than voicing any issues, which I feel would cause me to start resenting them. The lease doesn't end for another six months. Any advice would be much appreciated, and that is from Sally in London, in North London. A very comprehensive um, mm. letter there, Sally, in North London. <laughs> I just think, Sally, in North London, what's happened here is you are sharing a place with a couple. It's the two's company, three's a crowd syndrome, Seemingly the problem started with the cat. You didn't want to be involved with the cat, but they decided to drop the cat together. This is like their little baby now. This is a couple and a baby. This is three people with the cat, and you're not really welcome. I mean, it sounds pretty awful, and, you know, they you've, you've looked after the cat for them, and you can't talk to them about things, and it clicks clearly seems that you do indeed hate everything about this scenario. So I know there's only six months left. I just think, Sally, in North London, they they don't want you there. This is the truth, but they need your rent. So I would just say to them, look, you have made my life here very unpleasant. I'm going to have to move out. I'm sorry. Uh, you'll have to find someone else. Then they might try and keep you there. Oh. Has Maria fallen? Oh, oh, there you are. There you are. Uh, you yeah. disappeared for a moment. I feel I feel maybe a sheep run, walked in front of the signal or something. Oh, so you take it over, Graham. Uh, all right. Well, all I, I, what I like about this problem, it reminds me of the Wag of the Christie trial in that the stakes are so low. <laughs> <laughs> Very good for getting the Wagatha Christie trial in. Yeah. Well, no, because I, you feel like you, it's one of those trials you can you feel guilt-free for enjoying because there's nothing at stake. So you, it's just fun. It's just fun. Uh, listen, Sally in North London. Um, I mean, you know, yes, you're in a flat with two people who don't like you. And that's a horrible place to be because it's not nice to know to wake up knowing that people don't like you but these people don't like you and that and that's you know a good lesson in life that you have to roll with the punches and you're going to have to deal with this uh, maria's right you can give notice i imagine they'll be delighted you're going and we'll kind of yeah, go but they need her rent yeah but they'll time. just get someone else they'll just get some cat lover in you know i'm sure that i'm sure they can find one but there must be some sort of cat magazine where you can put ads in <laughs> uh, uh, so cat fancy is monthly pop it in there and uh, they'll get someone so I, I would just say uh, well, where does that leave Sally though she's now got to find somewhere else to live well it, I mean it doesn't matter so anywhere is better than here she's living with a, a cat she hates and two people who hate her it's a yeah. it's not a pleasant situation to be in and you know and listen those doors I mean they're they're covered in scratches now I mean she begged you think she do you think it's gone horse. beyond the point of um, you know rational discussion and resolving this issue? I think it probably has. I think it has, and I think you know. <laughs> the other thing you could do is check your lease to see are you allowed pets, and then <gasps> and dob them in it, and then go full nuclear and. Uh, <laughs> but then, but then Sally's left trying to fill two rooms. And explain scratches on the door when there's no cat. No, so, but when they, then they all leave, they all leave, and she messes up their life because they won't be able to get another place that takes a cat, especially a scratchy cat. 
Yeah. And Sally will be able to say, oh, I found a place really easily. How about you two? <laughs> yeah. Bye! <laughs> uh, I, this is, you know, I, I, also I do think the problem is that it's two against one here. Uh, yes. So, Sally, you are in a kind of, you know, unwinnable uh, situation. So just, you know, I, I all the six months left in the lease, I'm sure you can get out, can't you? You must be able to get out. Doubtless our, our listeners will know. And my favourite responders today get, listen to this, Waitrose s'mores iced cream cake, cinnamon biscuit base with chocolate and mascarpone semifredo cream, salted caramel sauce and marshmallows topped with mallow meringue. You can feel yourself slipping into a diabetic coma just... Just reading that out. It's a waiter s'mores ice cream cake. Uh, don't we won't we won't post it to you. Don't worry. <laughs> I think you get a voucher and you can you can go and get it. Well, Keith and Long Eaton says, Sally, move out. <laughs> I mean, I will read out some more advice, but that's kind of the, the key element here, Sally. Uh, you're living somewhere you hate. Go. And also, I know there's time left in your lease, but they'll want you to go. They don't want you there. They don't like you. Madeline in Hampshire. First of all, Sally, check your tenancy agreement to find out whether pets are allowed. I said that. I said that. If they are, stick it out and put it down to the house sharing experience. If the other housemates are breaking the tenancy rules, tell them that you've been reasonable so far, but you're past the point of putting up with it and that you're going to speak to the landlord. Then do it if they show disregard for your feelings. No mess in Madeline. But then what are you left? Because then they, they've moved out and you've got two rooms to fill. And yeah, and it's covered in cat hair. Sarah in Cornwall. Sally should offer to move out rather than announce that she is, as this will be less inflammatory and might make her flatmates think twice or add to the commotion and get a cat-hating dog. We didn't even... I mean, how did Marie and I not come up with the idea of getting a dog? That is genius. Uh, Steve, sounds like they may have got the cat to get rid of Sally. But really, though, it's teenage bullying stuff. Leave Sally, you're best off out of it. And Bex in Stanford says, sounds like they're not really cat lovers. They forgot about it when they go away. The cat is waiting and scratching. I'd report to the RSPCA. Put the cat among the pigeons, as it were. Then move out. Life's too short. Not everyone will like you in life. It's tough but true. Focus on those that do. Wise words, Bex. Um, but I think actually I'm going to give the s'mores iced cream cake to Sarah in Cornwall for that idea of just you know offer to move out rather than announcing to move out so you're keeping a lid on things that's what I would say yeah Guide. have you got another letter you do I have here it is this is a tricky one Graham but not quite as long dear Graham and Maria my husband and I are very friendly with another couple Gavin and Amanda the other day, my husband let slip that Gavin is having an affair and has been for a while now. The woman he's having an affair with is an old girlfriend from school who he's always been besotted with. He's completely head over heels about her. I don't know what to do with this information and I wish I never knew about it. He's not planning on leaving Amanda as they have a 15-year-old son. He was brought up by a single mum and more than anything doesn't want that for his son. Oh, yeah. But what happens when his son leaves home? Will he leave her then? Question mark. I can't stop thinking about it. We've been friends for years. We're just back from a camping trip together and our kids are very good friends. However, if it was me, I'd want to know. 
I feel so guilty that we all know and Amanda doesn't. Do I tell her? And that is from Kay in Chichester. Oh, Kay in Chichester. I want to get hold of Gavin and give his shoulders a good shake. He's not head over heels about this old girlfriend from school that he's always been besotted with. He's head over heels in lust about her. And that, as we know, does not last. I think what you do, I'm with you, Kay, in Chichester, when you say it's not fair on Amanda because everyone knows but her. If any of us were in that position, we would want to know. But you must be aware, Kay in Chichester, that you are about to throw a hand grenade into this lovely, cosy foursome that you have going on camping trips, etc., etc., together. I think what you do, rather than go straight to Amanda, is you tell her, clearly your husband has just decided not to get involved, as most husbands do. You tell Gavin that unless he tells Amanda, then you will. Because it's not fair for this to go on for goodness knows how long and however long it's gone on before. He cannot have his cake and eat it too. He's got to decide what's going on. He doesn't want to leave her. He doesn't want to leave his son. He doesn't want his son to come from a broken home. So he'd better kick the old um, girlfriend from school into touch and just get on with life and suck up the fact that you cannot have it always. Bit cross with Gavin. Graham, what's your thought? Oh, isn't sometimes it's just embarrassing being a man. I mean, really, that's just pathetic, isn't it? Isn't it pathetic? Yeah, because he's trying to recapture his kind of teenage self, you know, when he was captain of the cricket team or whatever, and this was his <laughs> hot girlfriend. So trying to redo that. And and then sort of on being very, oh, I'm so principled because <laughs> I know what it's like to be a single parent. I so know, I'm not it? going to leave. It's like, no, you don't get to have any principles because you burnt them. Uh, so, yes, Gavin is just the lowest of the low. So, I mean... What does Kay do, though? What does well, she do? Does she tell? I'm, I'm afraid. She... I'm afraid. My advice in these situations is always just get back onto the duvet and wait for it all to blow up next door. Because yeah. there's no good way to get involved. All the things about kind of you know, oh, go to him, tell him he needs to come. Get... No, it'll all come back to bite you on the bum. So I just think. Well, I think it will if he if she goes straight to Amanda, and it's always don't shoot the messenger. And they get back together and then you're, ex- you know, this is all going to blow up. You won't be friends after this, I don't think. But I do think if you feel the way you do, Kay, that you have to tell, give him an ultimatum. You either tell her or I do. And he'll be a coward, of course, about it. And then do you tell her? I don't know. Write to us again. No, but also, I clearly, uh, what is his name? Gavin. Gavin. You know, he's not brain of Britain. You know, now three, you know, now <laughs> both of his best friends know about this. So... It's soon far more people are going to know. So, in fact, oh, that's a good idea, Kay. You could just start telling other people, and then it'll get it'll get back to them. But it won't. You won't have said anything. So that that might be a way through. I don't know. I just don't know. Maybe I put hate something it. in the paper. Yeah. Put something in the local paper, perhaps an anonymous tip off. Gavin is a bit of a plonker. Oh, I mean, I, th- these situations are so. Isn't it weird how as old as we get and as common as these sorts of problems are, we don't get any better at knowing how to deal with them because they are just a minefield. And the the person who's going to suffer in all of this is 
Amanda because there's no winning for Amanda no, because no. she is she is humiliated because she's Gavin got her did. husband who's betrayed her. But I do I do think you know that generally I know this is a generalisation. Men are such cowards, Graham. So they don't want to rock the boat in any way. They want everything to carry on to have it both ways, and they're cowards. And then they wait for somebody to tell Amanda or for her to find out. Whereas you could say, oh, mate, you know, I still love you, but this has happened and I feel a fool and can we try and yeah. sort it out? And also, but it co- will go, it'll go past that. Though. And also, can we, just, that. can we just have a, a word of condemnation for old school girlfriend? What the hell does she think she's playing at? Uh, yeah, you, you know, you used to go out with him. That ship sailed. Why are you now clambering back on board? Uh, stop it. Uh, just, you're an idiot. And yes. Particularly when he is... Actually, I mean, you know, he's saying to anyone listen that I'm I'm never leaving because you know I'm of my, my boy, my boy. Uh, so you know, she knows she's not going to end up with him. Maybe she doesn't want him, but whatever. She is playing with fire, and she's not coming out of it well either. It's just a lustful thing at the moment, and I want it to burn out very quickly. But it may they may both be stupid enough to think that they're in love, and then what do they do? I mean, it's a terrible situation, and I'm going to go down to Chichester and sort it out, Graham. Yeah. You know what? There's a room going in North London with a cat. Gavin could go live there. (laughs) (laughs) A really lovely couple as well. Oh, no, they're so nice. Really nice, yeah. As long as you put emojis in your texts. uh, They they really like you. Uh, If you've got advice for Kay in Chichester, you know what to do. Part two of the responses. And my favourite responses will be receiving that Waitrose S'mores ice cream cake. Mmm, delicious. Um... Billy and Dundee. Good old Billy and Dundee. Thanks for being in touch, Billy. Uh, You need to know that if Amanda finds out by other means and finds out that you knew, she'll never trust you again. I mean, essentially, there's no good way for this to play out. It's it's all bad from here on in, till it gets good again. But, yeah. This idiot husband needs to come clean before she finds out. People from the past should remain in the past. If he doesn't want his son raised uh, but just by his mother, then he should think with his brain. You are so wise, Billy. Carol's in Nottingham. Is there a bit of jealousy here? Do you secretly fancy Gavin and are envious that his affections are elsewhere? Hello? Carol, where did you get that from? Uh, Okay. Really, though, it's not your issue. So tell your husband that you want to cut ties with this couple. Amanda will start asking why and will be speaking to Gavin, trying to understand. Hopefully this will make Gavin think twice about his actions and the right thing to do. I mean... Certainly, actually, you're not wrong. If you cut the ties, then, you know, it will you know, that it will achieve something. Uh, John of Staley Bridge, uh, of course you want to know, but you'd resent the person who told you as no one likes to bring her bad news, so don't be the one to tell her. Stay out of it. Gavin is a moron, but if you corner him and threaten him telling his wife, he will not tell her and tell his wife, you're a liar. It'll come out in time. Just be ready with the tissues. Hattie and Worcester. Uh, you should speak to Gavin and give an ultimatum. If Amanda finds out that Kay knew and never did anything, she'll be even more hurt. Also, the arrogance of Gavin thinking it's up to him whether the marriage continues after he's betrayed her trust. He at least owes Amanda the truth so she can make that decision. And Lady Trent says, tell Amanda to listen to the most recent Graham Norton podcast next week. Stay, say there was a great feature she should listen to. I mean, much as much as I like people to listen to a podcast, I'm not sure we need that extra listener. Thank you very much. Um, I am going to give the uh, s'mores ice cream cake to uh, John and Sally Bridge. 
it's going to John O'Taylor Bridge. Yes, it is. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. You can taste when it's Waitrose. Virgin Radio. Time to meet my first guest of the day. She caused a sensation playing Hermione in Harry Potter and the Cursed Child many years ago. <laughs> then went off to New York and now is in films and all sorts. So it must be a great show to drag her back to the West End. Noma de Beswini joins us now. Hello. Hello, Mr. Norton. So it's true. So you, you, up, you're, you live in America now. It's kind of working out that way. Yeah. And I know we had the big, great blimp. Uh, oh, yeah, so there, there, yes, there was that. that. Yeah, yeah, there was Where that. None of us lived anywhere. None yeah. of us lived anywhere. Just in our heads, our hearts, <laughs> our minds and our depression. But it was it's, it's happened that me and the kid have stayed there and work has been brilliant because taking Harry Potter to Broadway and then I get the luck of having some other work. Yeah. But now you're back and back to yeah. the Donmar Warehouse. Yeah. So A Doll's House Part 2. I mean, it doesn't... I mean, our listeners don't need this explaining, but if somebody does know... Uh, so, Please do. Uh, doll's House, tell us sort of where... The arc of it, yes. Well, where do we find Nora at the end of The Doll's House, if you okay. know what I mean? Yeah. Henry Gibson uh, wrote The Doll's House and it premiered in 1879 in Norway and it was caused a sensation the story caused a sensation and Lucas Nath our writer of A Doll's House Part 2 has created this story of what happens because at the end of The Doll's House the wife Nora leaves the house leaves the husband leaves the children leaves everything to find out who she is Lucas starts it knock on the door Nora's back 15 years later there's a little problem she has and she needs to catch up with the family she doesn't want to be there. They don't want her to be there. So that's where it kind of starts. And is it set in the same time? It's set in the same period. So we're giving it 15 years. It's this gorgeous costume period, loveliness, and Ray Smith designer doing gorgeousness with the set because it's in the round. Um, yes, it's in the same time period. So there's been that research homework thing, but I'm like, what's my frock like? What's my corset like? Do I look fabulous? No, 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 I've still got loads of... I've got the script with me all the time. I'm hoping, like, by osmosis, it will get through eventually. And obviously, the people who go to see this, yeah. they don't know... They don't need to know The Doll's House you at do all. You do not need to have read or seen The Doll's House because I have never seen The Doll's House <laughs> and I didn't read The Doll's House until this job uh, but presumably you know as you say preparing for this do you go back to the Ibsen kind of yeah. like to, to ground Nora in Absolutely. the woman that was in that play you know that as an actor having been there. Yeah, yeah 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 that's yeah, right because, I trained yeah. and never worked yeah no 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 but um, you, you've done it darling yeah, yeah. I just trained but you understood that process <laughs> oh, I didn't yeah. train and I got really paranoid about it what the hell do people do it um, what was lovely uh, lovely James McDonald our director um, uh, we did we all read the four of us five of us, the company read the our play, Lucas's play, and then we went back to the first one. So let's concentrate where we're at now, and now let's come back to the original. Why that had the impact that it had, and what it gives us. Absolutely. And does he write it straight? If you know what I mean, or are there kind of in jokes that actually, if you do know the Doll's House, I think that, that, that will be funny. I wouldn't say in jokes, but if you do know the Doll's House, <laughs> it makes you go. Oh. <laughs> oh, very I'm, good, I'm Lucas. Was it that sort of laughing? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm quite clever. Yeah, mm, yeah. I don't, mm, I don't yeah. want that. Though. We don't want that. But it's actually funny. Thank goodness, it's funny. And if we play it right, as we hope to do it, and I believe we'll do it, because there's the amazing June Watson, Brian F. O'Byrne, Patricia Allison, 
and they make me laugh as actors and it's all serious but the writing can be really funny and is this the first time this has been produced in the UK yes it is because it was this on, it was on Broadway it was on Broadway yeah so what was interesting I got the offer from the Donmar and James and I remember saying yes I'm going to go for it because it scared me the piece scared me to read it so I thought yes I can come back to British theatre and do this I remember going yes I'm going to do it sending off the email this is social media. And the first uh, theatre Twitter I go on to is an image of Laurie Metcalf. Oh, what's she doing? <gasps> it's an image of from The Doll's House Part 2. And she's amazing. So all of a sudden I got really scared. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Yeah. So it was on Broadway, uh, I think, I believe, 2017. But also, you know you made a good choice. Because if Laurie Metcalf thought it was worth doing, it's like worth doing. I like work, Graham. Exactly how you think about it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But you didn't see that. No effing way. Um, no, and do you know what? Because we actually, for Harry Potter, we arrived in 2018. So just kind of missed it and then didn't know about it, but then heard about it, that it done really well. As you don't see a show, yeah. you just, shows just move on. Um, so I am grateful because I think if I had seen it, I would have said no. And had you got out of Dodge before COVID hit Broadway? Yes. So you Absolutely. were, you were, we're did done it. in March of 2019. Oh, right. So you did a, yeah, a year yeah, off. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was doing the undoing and other lovely little things in between. Yeah, I'm busy. Yeah, yeah. I'm busy. Thanks. Yeah. I'm busy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Noma de Meswini, uh, who stars in A Doll's House Part 2. Uh, it's from Thursday the 16th of June until Saturday the 6th of August. Tickets available at Donmar Warehouse, all one word, dot com. I say tickets available. There probably aren't, are there? <laughs> well, there might be, darling. There might be. No, no I that, yeah, so. I think there might be returns. This is a or good time right now to have a look. Actually, yes. yeah, actually, it probably is because it's yes, May, yeah. and so it's a month before you. Absolutely, before you're doing well. I believe. You're going. Yeah. So, are you back in? Are you? you Is it on its feet now? Where are yeah, you? You know the process, Graham. I know it's been very, very long for you, <laughs> but you know the process. Yes. Yeah, so the freaky first week, which is sitting around the table, the table work, yeah, and then the second week of let's kind of get in and dig in even harder, and I'm like, can we get up on our feet? I need to get up on my feet because I'm not I, I love rehearsals and that's my favourite part of a process of putting on a show actually I always say my favourite day is the first day of tech when you see everyone in their costumes you see the lights that's how cheap I am no but also it means that kind of lots of the acting is done for you all that acting you were doing yeah. now you're looking at someone in a nice yeah. period dress and there's a there's a real door there's and, a real yeah. door and the lights oh I know why I'm moving here now because in rehearsals we had that angle no this is the angle we're going to be doing it it's gorgeous. And are you completely in the round or three sides? We're in the round completely oh, because wow. Don Mar is famously three sides. Yeah. But we are completely in the round. And I, I, I can't get over what Ray Smith is going to do with that space, having looked at the model box, because she's quite extraordinary. I've, I, I've seen a few of her pieces, but I miss Rosamus Holm. Uh, but the imagery from that was extraordinary. But the one that made me... Wow, who is this human who created this space? Was the Barbershop Chronicles of the National in the Dorfman, which I still call the Cottesloe, in the Dorfman. Yeah. And it was amazing. This was African world and different parts of the diaspora talking in Inua Elam's play about what it means to have a barbershop culture for men to just to speak their yeah, truth. Yeah. But she absolutely understood all the different cultural references beautifully. So what she's done for this, I feel it's like an art piece. Um, yes, I'll just leave it there. It's like an art piece. 
piece. I'm doing okay. a performance art piece, yeah? Lovely. Yeah. And, uh, it's now, funny. Nora, Nora, Nora is obviously you know, the lead role. Yes, John. Uh, does she uh, get to leave the stage at all? Thank you for asking that, because that's why I'm freaking out right now. You don't? No, I okay. don't. I don't. So the other three actors have got time to learn their lines very well. <laughs> so every time I meet them, they're, they're advanced, they're, they're, they've moved ahead. But as my lovely friend Michaela Cole said... You've got your process, you've got your anxieties, and it will be in your time, and it will be the right time. Yeah, but and also, it's not like doing Doll's House, where people probably know it. Yeah, this, you can, no, you make it up. Uh, <laughs> make it up. <laughs> you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, you'll be fine. Well, that seems unusual. Yeah, how do they do that? Oh, Why do they make that choice? Well, that's an odd thing for her yeah. to say. Yeah, yeah thanks. <laughs> I'm that cheap, though. I'm, just give me the costume, that'd be great. <laughs> And we're getting there. It's lovely, though. Uh, I know you've entered the world of Disney. Have you filmed Little Mermaid yet? Yes. So what... I know it says live action, but, you know, what? it's fish. It's so, fish. Yeah, so, but those fish are quite amazing. <laughs> so, but do you... You don't see any fish. I don't see any fish. But do, What are you asking, Graham? Well, no, but, like, what, what are you acting with? Are you just at a big green screen? Oh, but maybe that's not my department in terms of the story. No, you're a landlubber. I'm a landlubber all the way. You're queen. What's the name of your queen? I don't, I don't know. Oh, we're not allowed to say? No, we're oh, not it allowed a secret? to say. It's still a secret. Oh, OK. Did someone say something? I'm looking back. No, Rose no, no. One, no, no. People weren't even shaking heads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah no, yeah, no. But are you not... It's not official. Are we not allowed to say that you're... No, yeah, but I look marvellous. And again, it's all about costume okay. for me. When The Little Mermaid comes out, <laughs> <laughs> you may see someone you know. Someone we've been chatting to today. I know. Can I big up them though though Hallie and Jonah our Eric and our Ariel sweet lord is going to be magical and I love Rob Marshall I love Rob Marshall so that's all I'm going to give you when's that coming out that's apparently June 2023 I will be old what it's not coming out till then yeah they're working wow. on it I guess it takes a long time it to does. train fish yeah it does yeah. especially human fish <laughs> the fish the fish <laughs> wrangling yeah the fish wrangling will be Truly. exhausting <laughs> they've done very well and the underwater hair oh darling but it looks marvellous <laughs> you know when it does that floating yeah, yeah, thing yeah, 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 yeah. I will say there is this beautiful thing and I think I can say this Triton's daughters of whom Ariel is one of his daughters are from the seven seas and when I looked when our first day of rehearsals meet and greet I, I, I did that kumbaya thing in my heart Look at us. We're all so beautiful. The representation is so beautiful. Oh. It's going to be stunning. It really is. That's at, at the very least, that's what's going to happen. I must stop talking about it because I'm so excited about it. Yeah, sorry, be cut out. <laughs> <laughs> don't, can you imagine? Oh, don't, don't. That's my heart. Have you had one of those? I've been cut out of a thing. But I've never been in a thing, so... Stop I... you have. <laughs> Father Ted. Father Ted. OK, I was in Father Thank Ted. Thank you. I'll, I'll give you that. Thank I'll you. I'll give you that. I was Thank in that. Thank you. Um, did they tell you you'd been cut out before you saw it? Do you know what? Yes, luckily. Actually, two things I realised, because there's one which, years and years ago, I got a lovely letter which made me cry that I'm not going to be in it. And there was something recently, which I won't say, because I was like, great, we filmed it at the end of 2019. It's come out. It was the beginning of this year. And I sat down the kid to watch it. Here we go. And I was like, yeah, I should have been there in the story. No one said a thing. 
okay, yeah, Quiva, let's leave it. No, it's fine. Cup of tea? Yeah, it's yeah. fine. It's not very good, this, it's is it? It's not very good. No, it's fine. It's fine. I know it's doing really well, but I'm not in it. It's fine, babe. Oh, that's that's It harsh. was weird. That was weird. That is harsh. But we know, we know you're going to be in a Doll's House Part 2, starring as Nora Hellman, never leaving the stage. Yeah. She's... I'm just going to say Nora. 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 Yeah. yeah. If, if, if you notice Nora leaving the stage, something's gone wrong. <laughs> or she's forgotten a line. <laughs> Back in a minute. You know that happens. You know that happens. Don't say that. Oh, well, no, because if it's in the round, it's like it's quite hard to get, get out of up. there. Yeah. I mean, there are exit points, but it will be a long return yeah. with a script. No, that's not going to happen. We know it. We know Just it. going to get a magazine. <laughs> Anne-Marie, by the great June Watson, could you go and get something for me, please? Would you mind? Would you mind? Bit of paper I left over there. Thank you very much. In the dressing room. So we can all get to the interval. <laughs> Thank God, no interval. Straight oh, through. Oh, oh, we love that. We love oh, that. Why did you, that's boom, your first boom, selling boom, point. Boom, that's the first boom, thing to boom, tell boom, people. Boom. No interval, yeah. straight and, through. And we were talking to Lucas, the writer, and he said if we do it well, it should be an 85 minutes straight in the bar afterwards to have chats. Boom. My kind of thing. You so. learn those lines, yes, lady. You, you learn those I'm lines. We don't want any now. pausing. No, no pausing. <laughs> and that's Eight, it. 85 minutes express train. <laughs> the aim don't say that now give me previews okay. <laughs> A Doll's House Part 2 it starts Thursday the 16th of June runs right through to the beginning of August uh, Saturday the 6th of August tickets can be found at donmarwares all one word uh, dot a com Noma de Mezwini I did so well you did, I did so, so well. well you accepted the form well, I know I got, I got overexcited overconfident at the you, end love you Graham <laughs> thank you so much thank you so much for coming in to see us uh, good luck with it all take care of take yourself care, bye bye, bye. The great Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. You can taste when it's Waitrose. Virgin Radio. Now, the last time I spoke to my next guest, she was telling us about her interior design show where you go into kind of virtual reality. Now she takes us inside our minds and hearts with Joyrider, how gratitude can help you get the life you really want. Her name is Angela Scanlon and she joins us now. Hello, Angela. Hello, Graham. You are looking, I hope you don't mind me saying, very buff. Really? At the moment. Yeah, that little polo shirt. Your arms are popping out of it. Have you been working out? Okay, you're delusional, but... uh... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I don't know what you've had for breakfast, but I I don't think you should have had it. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay, well, I think you look very fit. Well, that's very nice of you. Do that what you want. And and I will be grateful. I will will say thank you, because I've learned how (laughs) gratitude can help me get the life I really want. So, listen, Angela, here's the thing. Because you, you you know, you're very frank. You say you're not an expert. And I guess none Mm -hmm. of us are experts, but we all like to think we've learned things things as we go through life but yes. how did you how did you go about corralling those things into the structure of a book oh um, with difficulty <laughs> um, <laughs> but I yeah I kind of and, and I say that I've been a human guinea pig and I've tried a lot of uh, a lot of different things in an attempt to you know quote unquote fix myself um and gratitude was one of those things that I, I kind of kept coming back to. I started a podcast, thanks a million around it, because I was really good at sticking to work things, but really bad at doing anything on a personal level. So I thought, OK, if I can dress this up at work, it might force me to to practice this thing that I um, kind of pick up and put down. Um, but that actually is really, really effective in shifting my mood and my perspective and, and my life, I suppose. And so... 
yeah, gratitude was that one thing that I kept coming back to. That was like so easy. It almost was, um, you know, too easy. Maybe I wanted a, a magic pill or something shinier or expensive or silly to try and sort me out. But you deal with lots of other things in the book. I mean, I, I really recognise a lot of the stuff you're talking about, you know, that because, you know, as performers, we are vortexes of need. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, know. like, yeah, I'd like people sitting in rows clapping. Thank you very much. That's what I'd like. Uh, so is that is that kind of the bit in yourself where you kind of go, OK, I need to sort this bit of me out? Yeah, totally. I mean, and I talk about, uh, like, I I suffered with an eating disorder and I've spoken about that for the first time. And I kind of neatly, you know, without knowing this, but neatly swapped it out for for a, a work kind of addiction, if you like. And lots of people choose different ways of, of hiding or distracting themselves. Um, but yeah, my need became greater and, and greater. And I was deeply uncomfortable with that sense of need. And as you say, a vortex of need is actually so um so apt and I think in a way I thought and maybe that was you know unconsciously how I got into to to this game and I thought oh yeah maybe if there's more people clapping for me uh, more people looking at me I'll feel somehow satiated or 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 filled up or nourished and that didn't really work for me so I had to to kind of revisit the the slightly more um humdrum things and think that maybe that wasn't really the the key to to my happiness certainly and I guess you know I'm I'm 59 now and I've been able to kind of like paper over the cracks as I've gone yeah. through life but I think for you I don't know if this but just becoming a mother is mm-hmm. that does that kind of galvanize you a bit where you kind of think okay I need to be a better person I need to be a more sorted out person because there's now someone relying on me 100%. It was terrifying for me. And anyone who becomes a, a, a parent, I think, for the first time, I say anyone, maybe I say that to comfort myself. But <laughs> I, I it's, it was a terrifying kind of experience for me on so many levels. I think now it makes sense that that was kind of um, a, a difficult to wrap your head around. Your whole sense of identity has has changed, especially for me, because mine was so wrapped up in in work. But I think... Yeah, there was this kind of sense that when I had my daughter, I was like, oh, no, I can't. This isn't right. This is supposed to be or at least Instagram tells us that this is supposed to be one of the most joyful experiences of my life. And I kind of didn't like didn't really feel anything, you know, and I think I realized that I had I'd kind of tapped out of the all the other scary, you know, so-called negative emotions I'd run away from and hidden from for years. And I and I only realized then that I had also sacrificed the good stuff, you know, in trying to avoid the bad stuff. And so I kind of thought, oh, this is not good. And whatever about me enduring this forevermore, I don't want to pass this on to my uh, to my daughter and to now my my two daughters. So that was definitely the catalyst for me to, as you say, sort myself out. Uh, and you talk in the book about nuggets of joy uh, that you prioritise. <laughs> uh, tell us about yeah. that. Well, so this is the thing. I think I, again, was looking for like these big things, always on to the next thing, the next thing, in the hope that that would be their thing. And then I realised that, 
you know, I remember seeing people say, oh, it's the little things that are important in life. I was like, oh, whatever. That, that's, oh, you only say that if you're not fabulous and successful. And so I thought, actually, it is all of those little cumulative things. And that it's it's so I started basically like with gratitude, writing down, whipping out my phone, writing down the little things that that kind of gave me me joy so that I could come back to when I felt in a slightly more disconnected place or felt a bit dark or a bit alone I could go oh no 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 that's fine I will get back there at some point uh, in time so yeah collating lots of different little uh, little moments so whether that's you know a shower or a uh, uh, like a, a cold shower I say joyful um, yeah. or you know a lunch with with my family or uh, yeah there's a, a ton of little little moments there and they'll be obviously very different for for different people but just kind of the note of them because I think sometimes when you're in a state that feels a bit grim or a bit lonely it can it can be hard to imagine never feeling yeah or anything other than that so it was kind of a reminder for me to to get back into that state you mentioned your podcast there angela this is uh yes. thanks a million so mm-hmm. and the latest the latest one just dropped uh <laughs> with uh, saran jones so what's the format of it so it's essentially like the the big thank you moments in people's lives. So, you know, the thanks that got away, which can sometimes be a bit heartfelt and emotional, the like frivolous gift that, that you're most grateful for, the, the thank you next chapter, the thank for this. Um, so there's, yeah, moments. And it's interesting because we've had everyone from Ruby Wax to Joe Brand, Joe Lizett, um, yeah, so like a real a real range and Saran Jones is, is the latest guest, as you say. And some people are really into it um, and do it kind of consciously. Some people accidentally do it. They're like, oh, yeah, I just feel like, you know, I, I tap into things that I'm thankful for all the time or I just feel always very lucky. And maybe they're just wired that way. And other people, it's just never really occurred to them to think about the the moments or the people that they're really um, that they're really grateful for. So, so real, real mixed bag, actually, but like some amazing stories. And do you feel like you failed unless your guest cries? Oh, yeah, I love a good weep. <laughs> I feel unless they have wept or, um, you know, revealed something that may incriminate them, <laughs> I failed. So that, that's the kind of aim for me every time I, I sit down to record. I just want a guest to say, that's a great question. I'd love that. When that, <laughs> when that was, I thought, oh, yes, it, it is a very interesting question, isn't it? That I thought of myself. Yeah, uh, yeah I love when that, but I really realise now I sometimes do that to buy myself a bit of time to think about what I'm going to respond. Don't, really don't tell me that. No, I don't, I want to, it's not thinking grain. time. It's 100% thinking time. It's a really good question, Graeme. It's like, oh, wow. I'm going to really ponder that because I haven't set, answered it in 17 junkets already this week. Yeah. And uh, are you doing, are you going out on tour with Joyrider, the book? Well, I don't know. I haven't been asked to go out and tour. Um, and I don't know whether they're blaming the pandemic for that. Like, what happens on a book tour? I suppose you go to places, don't you? And you chat. So maybe I will do that. But I have just had a baby. So I'm kind of technically on maternity leave. Um, so I, yeah, there there are, yeah, maybe. And actually, it's Sometime interesting that that, that, that thing you talk about in the book, how, you know, you, you, you your new addiction was work and you chased mm. work, da, da, da. How... 
how are you with maternity leave? You know, are you... Desperate. Oh, okay. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> I find myself on Instagram a lot of the time, Graeme. I'm like, no, 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 don't contact me. I'm off. I'm, I'm, I'm offline. I'm trying to take a bit of time off, but I'm, I'm also trying to just fill the time really frantically. So, um, yeah, it, it, that's the bit that takes work for me. And I guess, look, the, the thing with, um, with the book, with, you know... I suppose humans is that we're forever messy, aren't we? And I kind of had this notion, particularly during lockdown, because I maybe I I kind of I'm quite an extreme person. So I was sitting meditating every day and I genuinely thought, oh, my God, I've got this sussed. I've got like life sorted and I'm now a Buddhist monk. Um, and now I realise I'm back into it and I've got to kind of, you know, uh, muddle through all of the time and, um, yeah, re- resist the urge to kind of go back to those instincts, which are to like fill and um, and prove my worth and dance for the crowds. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, presumably, but you, yes, presumably just a baby sleeping now gives you that joy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. My work here is done. Her head, <laughs> sniffing her head. Yeah, yeah. So I do. Yeah, it's 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 a balance, and it is messy, and it's trying to accept that. And I suppose, and you know, the consistent kind of slightly dull everydayness of having to show up and um and look after yourself rather than just uh, a magic, like I say, a magic pill or a magic cure. So that kind of gratitude thing and all of the other. There's lots of tips and and tricks in there that I kind of, you know, rely on a little toolkit. So when I'm slightly losing my mind, I, I find it. (laughs) Joyrider is the name of the book, How Gratitude Can Help You Get the Life You Want. It's out now in Harbach. Angela Scanlon, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Go back now. Uh, Go back to being mother. Stop (laughs) stop being an author. Stop being an author. Go back to being mother. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you very much. Lovely to talk to you. Take care. Thank you, Graham. You too. Bye-bye. 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 Still to come, actor Mark Gatiss zooms in to tell us all about his brand new movie, The Road Dance. And we give the Waitrose Wheel a spin for our new competition, Rock Royalty. But first, let's cross to the kitchen and see what Martha's been up to. Whee! Hello. Hello. Uh, so, previously advertised, I know you're making something with honey and feta. Yeah, I am. What is it? So, this is um, a baked feta. So, a whole piece of feta baked with honey and dukkah. Dukkah? Dukkah. What's dukkah when it's at home? <laughs> so, dukkah is a Middle Eastern um, spice blend, but it's designed to be eaten raw as well as cooked. So, you don't need to worry about cooking it. It's got chickpeas, it's got fennel seeds, it's got all sorts of delicious things. Paprika, not spicy, just really flavoursome. Oh, okay. And uh, now, this is one of your many, many recipes in this. Uh, <laughs> it's the Waitrose Weekend newspaper. Yes. Yes, I've got six recipes all showcasing honey in all its glory in this week's weekend Wow. Okay. So are, are some of them sweet? Some of them are, this is a savoury. You'd call this a savoury. Yeah. Yes. I've got, I think it's three savoury and three sweet. Honey's brilliant because it works really nicely with things like chicken. There's a recipe in there for kind of soy and honey chicken, which is a quick midweek meal. There's recipes for salads and then sweet things. So tomorrow we'll have something sweet. <gasps> oh, don't, don't spoil <laughs> it. Don't spoil <laughs> it. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> but today's savoury. <laughs> and so this, the baked feta with honey and dukkah, is, what is this? Is this a starter? Is it a main course? How, how would you eat this in your house? So I would eat this like you would do camembert. So instead of camembert, so a good starter, or if you're having like one of those kind of picky lunches where you have lots of different bits. Meze, meze. Meze, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you're having a meze, this yeah. is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
have you eaten here before? It's all sharing platters. Uh, bog off. Yeah, and you need to order five each. <laughs> yeah, you'll need to, we recommend six plates to each person. I have no idea what I just ate, but it was delicious. No, I've, I've dropped the Jane Middlemas ball very badly. <laughs> I'm just going, it's nice. But it was, it, I don't know, like it's a mad taste. I, it reminds, like, it's one of those things that sparks off kind of tastes mm. and memories and kind of, oh, that tastes a bit like, that tastes a bit like, but I don't actually know what the hell I was eating. <laughs> uh, so tell us, what, how do we make this? What is it? So this is really, really simple. Um, as I mentioned, it's very similar to camembert. If you were going to, you'd have it in the place of, and it's just as easy as that to do, if not slightly easier because it's really slightly quicker. So you want to preheat your oven to 200 degrees, take a whole block of feta. So this is Waitrose's Greek feta. It's got loads of lovely flavour, which comes out as it bakes. You open that up, put the whole drain it and put the whole piece of feta into an oven-proof dish, one that you're going to serve it in because it's quite difficult to remove once it's hot. I noticed that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was a rather big dish for you, Graham. <laughs> um, and then we're going to drizzle it with some olive oil and then some, I've chosen acacia honey, but you can use any kind of honey really for this as long as it's the clear, runny kind rather yeah. than that thick, spreadable kind. Um, and then it gets sprinkled with the dukkah. Um, so you could use something like za'atar if you wanted to instead. You I'd, could, you could. If you ha- I mean, if you haven't got dukkah, you probably don't have za'atar. But, <laughs> but I'd recommend getting your hands on this. It's really tasty, really good on just like, with oil and bread to dip, but it works really well on the cheese. And yeah, it's chickpeas, sunflower seeds, coriander, paprika. It does it all for you, so you don't have to think about all these different things. Yeah. Sprinkle that all over the top, and then it goes into the oven, 15 to 20 minutes, and literally that's it. Wait a minute, no, there was something else on there. The seeds and stuff, are they in the ducker? They're in the ducker. It's, oh. it's all in the packet mix, don't worry, Graham. <laughs> Okay, so this is genuinely simple. Really simple. We've kind yeah. of run out of things to talk about now. Uh, <laughs> you want to serve okay, it with some flatbread? It's finished. <laughs> yeah, and that is it. You want to serve it straight away once it's ready because it it does harden, so it will not stay soft forever. You need to serve it as immediately as it comes out. And uh, but like, presumably, do you have to keep an eye on it? Like, presumably, that could go wrong quite quickly if you leave it in the oven for too long. Fifteen minutes is good, and then keep watching it. Yeah, the honey because it's got that sugar content in and it. Is it covered in foil or anything? No, that's just it's no, just it's going. Straight in, you kind of want a little bit of crispy caramelization across the top of the feta. It brings out all those lovely flavors. The honey becomes a little bit more bitter and caramelized. It's a really nice little thing with yeah. a salad or with a, I've done it with uh, flatbreads today, just to spread and Greek so, flatbreads. Yes. I, weirdly, I had them during the week from Waitrose. <laughs> oh, very nice. Yeah. Levantine table. And that's the one. Yeah. No, they're lovely. Uh, so that is baked feta and honey with duca. Let me, come on. Come on, everybody. That's achievable. Oh, yes. That's what you call an achievable uh, dish. And it'd be a lovely starter, you mm-hmm. know, to kind of, you know, as long as there isn't some sort of, you know, person, an aggressive, you don't want an aggressive eater with a shared starter. <laughs> yeah, someone who's too hungry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> now there's nothing. So yes, if you've got if you've got nice, mild-mannered people, it would be lovely shared starter. Uh, baked feta with honey and duca. Uh, if you'd like to just go over that receipt, you can go to our Instagram account at Virgin Radio UK and stab away there and you will be led to it. Or you could find it along with five other recipes that Martha's <laughs> created in the Waitrose Weekend newspaper. And uh, so tomorrow we're getting one of the sweet ones. We are, yes. Okay, tell me no more. <laughs> tell me no more. Uh, thank you very much for that. You're I, very welcome. Yeah, that, that, I, I, I think 
I think the good people of uh, the new star will enjoy that now. <laughs> the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. You can taste when it's Waitrose. Virgin Radio. Right, time to meet my fr- guest of the day. I was going to cobble together an introduction, introduction, but really, if you don't know who he is by now, you don't deserve to. You're not living in the world. Uh, so please welcome Mark Gatiss. Yay! Hello. Hello, Hello love. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Because you had your big uh, opening night last night. That's right. I'm fine. I sound a little, a little gravelly. With that, that's good for radio, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it, it was great. We had a great opening night. Slightly hysterical, which is like they should all be. <laughs> <laughs> because it, you, you, you just directed. I say just directed it. That means you have to be there all day, every day. <laughs> but at least now you can leave. But uh, you, yeah. it's it's a play by uh, your good friend Stephen Moffat. Yes, it's his first play. Yeah, it's called The Unfriend. Uh, it's based on a true story, unbelievably, about a, a couple who uh, meet this uh, vivacious American lady on a cruise and they ill-advisedly swap emails at the end of the holidays. And uh, then she gets in touch and they invite her to stay. And uh, then they Google her and discover she's not quite what she seems. In fact, she's Frances Barber, which should tell you everything you need to know. <laughs> yes, I can see why it's slightly hysterical. Because... <laughs> Because it's Amanda Abington, who you've worked with before, it's uh, Francis Barber, and then Reese Shearsmith. So is it hard to cut it? Yeah, as, is it hard to direct people you know that well? Because they'll just go, oh, shut up. No, I'm not doing that. No, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good question because there's, there's the, on the one hand, there's a great shorthand from working with people you know well and you've worked with a lot. On the other hand, as you say, it's a, it's a slightly different relationship. But I, I mean, what you have to do is just sort of, I guess, is establish that that's the way it's going to be <laughs> and, and, and work, you know, work with it in the room. I think it's, it's just, it has been actually an absolute joy to do. It's, it's a very funny show. I'm very, very proud of it, very pleased with it. But actually... That some of the the mathematics of the comedy, I, I find so interesting, especially for stage. You know, you think that that why is that stopped being funny? And you think, oh, actually, because someone is standing two foot further to the left. You know, it's it's sometimes it's as precise as that. I mean, that is, and I guess is it is it must be very strange when you're not in it, so you can't gauge it from that side of of things. Is is that kind of weird for you? Yeah, I mean, although it is, it's 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 useful being an actor director in that you can just pop on stage and say, "Try it like this." <laughs> wow, I've been doing that quite a bit. Yeah. Francis loves that. Francis Barber <laughs> loves it when you give her a line reading. <laughs> I did a particularly Bette Davis kind of sachet the other day, which she took on board with great alacrity. I have to say. <laughs> so that's called the Odd Friend. That is mm. at the uh, Minerva. Is it the Minerva? Yes, the Minerva yeah, Theatre, as part of the Digester Festival Theatre. You can get tickets at cft.org.uk but you're also in a Fulham a Fulham was in cinemas Uh, this is called The Road Dance and this uh, is it I I was just thinking about it before you came on and it's like a dream to me that at the beginning of the film this too says based on true events Yes, it is. Uh, very loosely, I think. Uh, John John Mackay, who wrote the book, I think it's a story he he, he was told as a, a, a kid. It's 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 set in the Outer Hebrides, and he used to go on holiday there. I think as a child, and uh, I, so it's it's a it's what my dad would have called a woman's picture. <laughs> it's a it's a very old fashioned sort of uh, melodrama. Really, it's 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 very lovely, I think, and and it was an extraordinary experience because uh, we made it in the middle of the second lockdown, and it was a proper escape. I mean, I, you know, I have a, a real 
soft spot for films like um, I Know Where I'm Going and Whiskey Galore and, uh, and Local Hero. And although this film is, the, the theme of the film is quite grim. It's, um, it's just there's something about the, the distant islands, which is sort of, you know, like the edge of the world, which it, it was an amazing experience to make. And I think it's come out very well. It's a, it's a very beautiful film. No, it is so Beautiful. I mean, you'd have to be a pretty rubbish filmmaker, I think, to take a camera to the Outer Hebrides yes, and not have it look gorgeous. But but what amazed me, presumably those houses, they exist. They're there. Those wood, yeah, that's those stone. The, that's the, it's like, a, you know, it's like a, a, a living museum. It's the it's the last black house village on, on the island of Lewis. Uh and it's right next to the sea. So, you know, it, it's, um, I've said this already, but the, the weather is like another character in the film because it's, it's absolutely wild. And <laughs> it changes, with, with, you know, in, in, the, in the blink of an eye, it goes from brilliant sunshine to the Atlantic dropping on top of you. <laughs> and actually, it, it, it is a melodrama. You play the doctor. What else can you tell people without spoiling it? Well, it's about um, it's set uh, during the First World War, and uh, it's about a, a very a young couple in love, and uh, and then uh, Murdo is sent to France to fight, and uh, Kirsty, his his love, stays behind, and unfortunately, on the on the eve of the boys going off to war, something very bad happens to her. Uh, and then it's about the consequences of, of, of that, and I suppose it's about the sort of island mentality in a way, you know, but. Um, it, it, it was. Uh, it, it's very touching, I think, and it's this kind of Sunday afternoon film. That's why I like. <laughs> and you were, or you were, you just a gun for hire on this, or did you have anything else to do apart from just a bit of acting? No, just a bit of acting. I mean, it was a. a my, it, God, my God, can you imagine getting an email in the middle of lockdown saying, "Would you like to go to the Outer Hebrides <laughs> to make a film?" I said, "I very much." Would. <laughs> um, uh, but it was it was a lovely a lovely experience. Great young cast and and. Uh, as I say, just uh, the, the things that you can't you can't make up. I, the, the islands were exactly what I hoped they'd be. My, my driver who was also called Murdo. Is this wonderful little man, uh, so sweet, and he sort of scarcely left the island. And he said to me one day, "Would you mind if if I took a photograph for the for the paper tomorrow?" So he drove me to set, and the next day he turned up with his friend from the local paper, and he took a photograph. <laughs> and th- th- it was it was so charming. It was exactly what you think. Well, you know, not you know, not like a big sort of photo splash for the paper. He just took a single picture, which I then imagine was developed in the local chemist, like in the Wicker Man. <laughs> Hey, listen, I've got a text from somebody called Damien. Uh, he wants a shout-out to his uh, fiance Natasha, who's listening in Sunny Hackney. He's going to marry her on the 12th, 12th of July. He can't wait. But he also wants me to say hello to you. Apparently, mm-hmm. he knows you from the League of Gentlemen days and kindly cast you in Sherlock, uh, cast him in Sherlock uh, with his killer line, No, please, no. Do, oh, yeah. Do you know who Damien is? No. <laughs> please, No. <laughs> I'll try and remember. I'll okay. look it up on oh, YouTube. There you go. Anyway, you, you made a difference to his life. Uh, so he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's thrilled. And what else now? Are, so obviously you've directed this play and you've got your film out, but are you working on your own things? Yes, as usual, you know, I can't say anything, can I? It's always, it becomes frustrating talking to you, Graham, because I, everything is under wraps. Uh, I'm filming something soon, which I think will be announced soon. <laughs> Uh, which would be okay, exciting. I'll, let me write this down. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be long. But I t- can I ask you a question, Graham? Oh, yes. 
Uh, this is the question that I think the nation is waiting to hear the answer to. Why can't RuPaul pronounce your name properly? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I've never corrected him. I'm sure he could say it correctly if I ever said... Grim, Grimnerton, Gramnerton. <laughs> it's a strange thing. Gra- Graham to Americans is like, it just doesn't work, does it, Graham? Well, I think they say, because it's Graham... Graham crackers. They say Graham crackers, which is... Uh, And and I think someone's tried to explain to Rue how to say my name. (laughs) And now it's worse. (laughs) We play play a sort of, you know, weekly game of what it will be this week. It's John. Uh, Yeah, good old. Oh, lovely RuPaul. So you're you're doing the thing that will be happening soon. Yes, Uh, that's right. uh, Oh, I'm in Mission Impossible, but that's not out till next year. So what do we do about that? Oh, I've seen it. Well, I haven't seen you in it, but I've seen big chunks of it. All those uh, those amazing sun sequences. They've kind of. That's not me. No, no, you're you're not on the motorbike driving into into the fjord. No. Are you wearing a lab coat by any chance? (laughs) No, I'm. Well, it's something CIA ish, you know. But uh, yeah, it's top secret. Okay. It was great. That was amazing fun and. just, uh, but I was just saying to someone this morning, uh, it, being next to Tom Cruise for a protracted period of time, it, it's like when you when you finally go to the Eiffel Tower or something, you just go, "Is that really it?" It's, <laughs> you're so you're so used to seeing it on a postcard, you go, "I can't quite believe that's actually." But it, there he is, you know. No, I must mm. say, I'm still like that with him on the show, where I, I still, you, you never get past it being talked. Normally, when you meet a famous yeah. person, the fame goes away after, you know, a few minutes, and then you're just talking to someone. Him, he stays famous. Yeah, yes. A poster. He's like a poster in front of you, isn't he, I suppose? Because he's been there forever. <laughs> and what's that like for you when you're in something, you know, a big thing like a Game of Thrones or a Mission Impossible, where you have, you know, no no input outside of your performance. Does that frustrate you because you, you know, because clearly you're very good at producing your own stuff? No, no, I, it's a totally different thing. And I, there's also sometimes a, a tremendous relief from being able to close the door. I was on something a couple of years ago where the there was clearly, clearly quite a heated debate between the producer and the director. And I just sort of quietly closed the door of my trailer. And I thought, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> I'm just going to have a lie down. So, um, no, it's 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 just depends on on the on the thing. I suppose the, the big thing about something like Mission Impossible is just the scale of it is can be overwhelming. But then, you know, you know, hopefully, if you have friends in the cast or or on the crew, which is more often the way, you know, you you, you recognise people, and that's always a sort of security blanket. But gosh, it was it was intimidating. But they were so friendly and fun. It was it was in the end, we, we all just had a great time. I have to say. And are you going to be a regular in Inside Number Nine now? I know that's my that's my one and only. Yes. Oh, oh! It was, but that- no, it's weird. It kicked off because we shot that last September, and then I did Good Omens two with Steve and Reese uh, beginning this year, and then another thing with Reese, uh, which is not out yet, and then directing Reese. It's, it's sort of kicked off a mini reunion for us. We sort of can't get away from each other again. It's taken me years to shake them off. <laughs> <laughs> now they won't leave you alone. Uh, <laughs> let's just remind everybody that your movie, uh, The Road Dance, is in cinemas now and The On Friend uh, is playing uh, at the Chichester Festival Theatre or the Minerva at the Chichester, Ch- Chichester that's quite hard to say, uh, Festival. <laughs> till When is it running till? I did... I had it. Uh, July the 9th. July the 9th. 
And you can get tickets for that at cft.org.uk. Uh, Mark Gatiss, go and, uh, you know, be kind to yourself after your big night last night. And I will. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thanks, I'm always a pleasure. All right, take care of yourself, sir. Bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. You can taste when it's Waitrose. Virgin Radio. This is the return of the Waitrose wheel. Let's talk to a caller. Uh, I believe uh, Janet is on the line. Hello, Janet. Hello, Graham. Hey, how are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. On a lovely sunny Sunday. Lovely. Where are you? Uh, in Hertfordshire, North Hertfordshire. Of course, North Hertfordshire, one of the nicer parts of Hertfordshire. And uh, <laughs> So uh, what have you got planned for this sunny Sunday? I've just come back from a brisk walk and I'm uh, going to have a nice relaxing afternoon in the garden. All right. Now, if you win big, were you planning to do something for the Jubilee weekend or are we twisting your arm? Well, no, I, I bought some bunting, so I'm halfway there. <gasps> She's invested already. She's got the bunting. So you understand that when you spin this wheel, you ca- you could win a thousand pounds to spend in Waitrose on food and drink for a street party. You could also win uh, uh, some Waitrose all butter sultana scones. Uh, you know, it's it's, it's yin and yang. There's there's gin on there. There's pims. There's sparkling wine. Uh, so you know you'll get something, but you may be disappointed. That's all I'm saying. It'll be lovely if somebody just ra- if somebody ran up to you in the street and gave you some scones, you'd be thrilled. But when you didn't win a thousand pounds they might seem less special. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah. before, before we can spin, uh, we have to answer a very simple rock royalty question. Okay? Okay. Okay. So here's the thing. Uh, it is a clip of someone and you have to name this British singer who is a knight of the realm. It is Sir Somebody. Okay? Yeah. Okay. You're... Yep. I'm is, all the best. Is that bird song coming from your end? Yes. Yeah, the garden. I mean, that is lovely, isn't it? That is... <laughs> this scepter dial. Uh, it, it's very jubilee. <laughs> it is. <laughs> North Hertfordshire with the birds singing. OK. Uh, this Knight of the Realm. It's Sir Somebody. Who do you think it is? I mean, the tension's unbearable. Uh, who, who, who do you think it is? Uh, Sir Elton John. Are you right? Yes, you are. Well done. Uh, that was the competition element of the <laughs> of the proceedings. Okay, now here's the thing, Janet. I'm going to spin this wheel. Would you like me to sp- uh, spin it uh, kind of uphand or downhand? Do you want to spin it up or should I spin it down? What, what do you reckon? Spin it up. Please. Spin it up. Okay, I'm going to step to the wheel now and spin it up. I'm still on the radio. Okay, you ask for it up. It's going up. Here we go. Whoa. Okay. Okay. Okay, it's spinning, it's spinning, it's spinning. It's not spinning very far, but it's spinning. You have won... I can't believe it! Your Jubilee Street Party paid for! That's what you got, the thousand pounds! Well, some cheers, some cheers! Oh, that is fantastic! Well done, you! Yes, finally, there's the cheers! Uh, I'm so pleased for you, and can I just say, very surprised. (laughs) I really thought you'd be getting, you know, a packet of biscuits. But uh, that's amazing! Top prize! Woo! Oh, fantastic! Thank you, Brian. Well, that that bunting is going to come in useful now. Indeed. It's all all round to Janet's. Uh, Is there anyone you'd like to say hello to uh, while you're at euphoric high with your £1,000? Uh, yes, uh, my partner Caroline and uh, my family in Sussex, uh, my sister Anne and my niece Jessica. 
Fantastic. Well, listen, congratulations, uh, Janet. Thank you very much for playing. And we'll be spinning the wheel again next weekend. So thank you very much. All right, congratulations, Janet. Take care. An actual jackpot. Uh, A winner there. Thank you very much to Waitrose. And thank you for joining me on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Don't forget to click that subscribe button to hear a new episode every Monday morning. And hey, make sure you give us a follow on our socials at Virgin Radio UK. Chat soon. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. You can taste when it's Waitrose. Virgin Radio.